and welcome to Coffee and Catholics, a Catholic women's talk show podcast. I'm Stacy, one of your hosts, and with me I have... Hi, I'm Alicia. I'm Annie. And I'm Lauren. Hello, welcome to Coffee and Catholics. This week we are discussing Lent and our Lenten penances. At, um, by the time this airs, we'll be in the beginning of the fourth full week of Lent. Um, so we just kind of wanted to talk about how our penances help us get closer to God. And if they, we feel like they aren't, what we could be doing with that. And um, when our penances also... Because, you know, when is it just a good intention and when is it the promise? We have a couple different angles to look at this today. So, and we're all here today. Yay! So, I know one of the um, things that I've had discussions with with people lately is, first off, if I fail in my Linton penance, is that a sin? And so, I think that's a good place to start because some would say, well, no, and some would say yes. And I've recently found out it depends on how you make the prom- how you make that the promise. If it's a promise, then um, yes, it is. And but the thing thing is is also too is I think we all have different uh, definitions or different usages of the word promise, which I think also causes some of the confusion there. And so, because I would still say that I promise to do this, but it's not like a promise. Like I'm, I don't know how else to describe it. A vow. Yes, thank mm-hmm. you. And so. Um, I think we make these promises or good intentions, and then we make these promises that are, like you said, vows. There are good intentions. If we fail in them, that's just a sign of weakness. But when we fail in the other direction, in our vows, that's a sin and needs to be rectified in confession. So yeah, I think I think it depends on what you're promising to do. Like if you're promising God, like if you're saying like I am dedicating myself to do this specific thing every single day for you, and I give this to you, then that like I said, it was a vow that you're making. But if I for Lent I am promising to put earnest effort into creating this habit, then that means that you you know if you fail at it, yeah, like you know just get yourself up and you know keep on going and everything. Yes. So, it's actually. I think you made a good point, Alicia, with the um, that you're like you've made this promise again, and I I know that in the past there have been times where I've made like my Linton promises or resolutions. Almost that was more like a a uh, New Year's resolution. Like I was promising it to do it for myself. Like I need to do this for me. I need to do it, but but it should be that you're promising it to God, like you're giving up the sacrifice for, to join in in Christ's suffering. If you have made that promise to Christ to, to help with his suffering in that way, um, and you intentionally don't do it, then I would say that is a sin. Now, if you're, if we quote unquote fail because you are putting in that effort but it is just, you know, you're, you know, it's an unintentional thing. You, for, you know, you have forgotten because of one thing or another. Um, you know, I know there's many, many Fridays that I'm like, oh, crud, it is Friday. <laughs> As I'm like, I just ordered like chicken. Um, <laughs> and, um, you know, like the, those things when you, when you don't intentionally, 
you're not making the choice and you're not saying, well, I made this promise. I, I decided to do this and I, but it's really, really just, it's hard. It's easier to just not like there's, there's, yeah, I think there's a very big distinction there. Well, I know someone makes the argument, then what's the point? Because if we're always going to fail, then what's the point of making the promises to begin with? I know we don't always fail, but I think some people feel that way. And uh, I think that's one of the things that we have to remember is we start with intentions before we make vows or promises. Because It's just like, you know, think about your if, if you're married, the sacrament of marriage. You had an engagement period mm-hmm. before you got married. Mm-hmm. And... Yes, was your engagement period all roses and everything? If it was, good for you. It was not for me. I mean, we had our ups and downs. But you work through some of those things before and it's signs of weakness so that you can be later when you do make those vows, you're stronger and ready to make them and, mm-hmm. and stick to them and not give up as easily. Yeah. Well, see, and I would actually say that like the, the explanation that you gave, um, Annie, I don't know that I would agree with that fully. Just because, like, from, and I don't, I don't really know what the real answer on this is, but just thinking about it, like, again, if you make that dedication, that vow to God, and you intentionally choose not to do it, then, you know, all sin involves intention. Like, it involves, like, you have to make a conscious decision, and you know that it's the thing that you ought not do, right. and that's what makes it a sin. But I think that if you were saying, you know, I'm going to try, like, you know, I'm going to wake up early in the morning and I'm going to, you know, give, give my morning to you and I'm going to try to do this. But then you wake up in the morning and you're like, oh, heck no, I'm like snooze. <laughs> like, obviously, like, that's the thing that you shouldn't do or whatever because you're trying to do this thing and you're falling off the wagon. But I don't know that that would necessarily be a sin, even though you're making the intention, like you're intentionally not doing it. You know what I mean? I think, I, get, I think it, we have, like I said, it was like, it's, it, you have to have kind of that distinction of like each and every you know, thing that we would choose to do, you know, like whether you're giving up or adding it on or something, is, has its own differences in and of, of itself. Like to, um, to say that if my, you know, that, that my promise is that I am going to um, spend 30 minutes in prayer every day and um, I go, you know, and, and, and my, you know, and, and I fail that because I intentionally said, well, God, I don't have, I'm not going to, even try, then that's different than you say, I'm going to try and get up every morning and spend that 30 minutes in prayer. And then you wait. I don't, when you wake up in the morning, that's not you doing it. <laughs> You're still asleep. <laughs> um, but if you are, you know, if you get to the end of the day and are like, oh, well, I just, I, I, I tried, I really tried to make, make time for that. But then the baby, uh, woke up from this nap early or, um, you know, all these different things happen where like somebody could tell you, oh, well, you just didn't try hard enough. And yeah, there are, there's some to that, like you could have like, but something, so sometimes it's like the, those intentions are, um, you know, like it, it, it matters. The intention matters. Like, so I think we're saying almost the same thing. The same yeah. thing. Like, I don't know. If that's I'm where I think a lot of the, you. I think that's where a lot of the confusion comes with is because in English, yay English, our, <laughs> we have a lot of words that have multiple meetings. And so like, and when we say promise and intentions and stuff like that, what those words mean to you, maybe a little bit like could be trying to you, it could be a vow to you. That's why I think that's, we have to make that distinction of 
if you have these good intentions, like I'm going to try to wake up every morning, but this week I hit the snooze button two times and I did not wake up those two times. I don't think that that's a sin, but if you do like, like religious take vows of saying prayers at certain times, like if father doesn't wake up and say his prayers at a certain time, he has to confess that because that's a promise that he's mm-hmm. made to God. Yeah. And so like, but his is a, is a bigger part of his, voca- I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's a part of his vocation. Yeah. Yours is you're trying to strengthen Maybe you're trying to strengthen your vocation through these mm-hmm. intentions, but it's not the biggest part yet. Like it's, yeah. it might become a big part of your vocation as you keep working on it, mm-hmm. but it's not a part of your vocational mm-hmm. vow. Yeah. Does that makes any sense? And Stacy and I were hanging out the other day, and she brought this whole thing up, and I was like, "Oh crap." <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure that I made a vow to God to wake up early in the morning. Because I, I remember being like, I, was, I had zeal and I was like, oh, God, I love you. And I'm going to do this thing. I'm, I give you my mornings because I had listened to something and they were you know, talking about, you know, giving this thing to him. And it was beautiful. I was like, I'm going to do this for you, God. And I didn't do it. <laughs> I like, did it off and on. I had like a good like month there, but then it went away. And I didn't really think much of it. I was just like, you know, I felt bad about it, but I was like, you know, it is what it is. I'll pick it up when I, you know, decide to in the future. And then she tells me about this. And I'm like, oh no, I haven't brought that to confession. I didn't know. And obviously there's a reduced culpability because you don't know. But at the same, now I'm just like, oh no, like I've this, this, so now I'm, I'm rededicating that, you know, my intentions and whatnot. And I, apparently I didn't make a vow. So I need to bring that to confession and, um, and whatnot, but I think either way, though, like, I think that maybe another reason why there's kind of this um, debate about whether or not it's a sin or not is maybe because people who feel like it is a sin, if it's not a sin, then it's not necessarily so serious. But I think either way, it is actually a serious mm-hmm. thing. Yes. Because obviously, like, I think one is more serious than another. If you make a dedication to God to do something to him and you're offering this up to him and making it his thing, mm-hmm. then I think it is more serious than saying, I'm, I'm going to try to do this thing and I'm going to, you know, have this intention. But I think either way, well, it and, is a serious And thing. they might even have their own degree of sinfulness in them because even with good intentions and not following through on your good intentions in a way is sinful, mm-hmm. but it's a venial sin. It doesn't necessarily have to be taken to confession because if you tried to do something... My, the the analogy that I used recently was training for a marathon. Okay, so like, let's say I want to run a marathon. Well, there's training plans out there. And if I stay with my training plan, but I missed a day of training uh, this month and missed another day this month, those two days of missing aren't going to, to horribly mess up the day that I go run. But if I decide this week that I'm not going to do... I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do those three days of training. I'm only going to do these two days. And then next week, oh, I just can't do any of it this week. And then, oh, I can do one day that next week. By the time the marathon comes around, I'm not going to be prepared for it. Mm-hmm. And so that's what our intentions are kind of like. It's, you know, And I think that's, that's one of the things that we wanted to talk about, too, is if we have those intentions and they're not working for us, is there something that we can, is it okay to change them? Is it okay to say this is not what is going to help me get closer to God? 
you know, because the whole point is to get closer to God. And if we look at the saints, a lot of them had their own mortifications, their own devotions, their own penances, but they didn't all have the same ones. They had the ones that helped them grow. And I think sometimes when we see somebody else, you know, giving up, you know, maybe you gave up chocolate and somebody else, you know, did this huge thing. All sugar. Yeah, all <laughs> sugar. And you're like, oh, should I give up all sugar? Maybe you weren't called to give up all sugar. Maybe you were just called to give up chocolate. It's such a, it's such a Catholic thing to do to compare mortifications. Well, you know, did did I did I give up enough? You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's really important to make a distinction here um, in terms of what is sin and what is not. There is something in the interior life about all of us. There's a big difference between sin and our imperfections, our inabilities in our body, the built-in weaknesses that we have through the fall that require us to depend on God. And I think when we fall in our good intentions through imperfections, like hitting the snooze button without being fully awake or a day that just got completely away from you, the temptation is to take back control of that day by calling it sin. And I think that we need to be very careful because we are in a desert and the devil is very crafty and we are hungry and we are thirsty. And what the enemy wants more than anything, I think with Lent, and this is a mistake I see myself falling into. I think the mistake here is believing that you have any capability of of following through with any of this on your own anyway. Yes. And I think that (laughs) that's where we need to take a step back and examine what the church actually requires and why. The church doesn't require you to pick up penance and stick with it for 40 days. The church requires you to fast, pray, and give alms to signify that. And I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. That's a wonderful practice. I love that we do it, you know, that 40 days where you give up something. I think that's great. But that isn't what is the heart of Lent. That's a means to an end. The end is a deeper union with God. The end is encounter with Christ. And so we have to be careful not to make almost an idol out of these penances that we've set in our hearts when we're thinking more about what we are doing for God and less about what he is doing for us or what he wants from us or what he's trying to breathe into us. And if you look in the Gospels, in terms of encountering Christ, it's always at the point of someone's need. Somebody's about to run out of something. Somebody's sick or blind or somebody's got five husbands and nobody knows about it. You know, Jesus is always looking to encounter us at our point of need to show himself God. And so when we're doing these intentions or we're doing these things that we give up, like you, to answer your question, Stacy, at some point we need to make sure whether that's in the beginning or even if it's in the middle of Lent, like we're in right now by the time you're hearing this episode, to take stock of your penance and say, is this leading me to a genuine encounter with God, to transformation? Am I encountering God as the healer of my soul? Because in reality, that's what we need more than we need to give up the same thing and make sure we're faithful mm-hmm. to it for 40 days. We are dust, and to dust we will return. And woe to the person who does not believe that by trying to make sure that they perfectly execute a Lenten penance. Mm-hmm. Well, and I love how you brought about 
going into the desert and because and the devil because that's what the devil did with Jesus mm-hmm. is he took you know they were out in the desert and um, Sister Marie Veritas talked about this in one of her talks I heard her um, do recently and she talked about the devil wanted Jesus to identify with what he could do. Mm-hmm. Which is, mm-hmm. I, I think what we're talking about here is we're identifying, can I keep this penance through these 40 days? Mm-hmm. And it, what the devil tried to get Jesus to not do was identify with who he is. And yes, what he did versus what he was. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the devil doesn't want us to see our relationship with Jesus. So what time can happen is this twisting mm-hmm. of focusing on, Oh, I, I didn't do it. So why keep doing it? Or oh, I'm not doing it. So I must take all this to confession. And I'm not, mm-hmm. a, not, not a good Catholic, or I'm not as good as somebody else. We want to compare each other and ourselves and what our abilities are, but who we are are children of Christ, children of God. And the whole point, like Lauren is saying, is to make that build that relationship with Him during mm-hmm. this time. And so if our penances aren't doing that. It's worth re-examining, even if it's in the middle or the third day or, you know, you have to, hopefully you've, you've given enough thought to it ahead of time, but maybe you couldn't. Maybe your life's in chaos right now. Maybe, maybe it's the fourth week of Lent and you still don't have a penance. You know, these are, this is how life is sometimes. Sometimes life is Lent. But I think now in this moment, looking at your life and saying, Am I lenting <laughs> in a way that is making me more dependent on God, more desperate for Him, more transformed, more humble? And if I'm not, or am I busy focusing on all these ways that I'm failing? Because that's pride. That's the that's a that's a sneaky form of pride. And we have to be putting God in the center of our of even how we see ourselves, mm-hmm. which is Humility. Yeah, and I would. I, I like that you said pride because I think that the one of the two that come comes, or sorry, two of the things that come to my mind. There might be more that Lent can really be twisted into is pride. So focusing inward as opposed to focusing on God and what He can do for us, and you know that end goal. And then also scrupulosity. I think is what we're, we're talking about yeah. in terms of yes. like, am I sinning? Mm-hmm. I'm not doing enough. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not good enough. All this stuff. And so like one of the things I did. Because I've, I've heard people say, you know, don't just give up chocolate. Don't just give up Coke or don't give up whatever. Um, like, you know, choose something that really means something to you. Something that's really going to affect you interiorly. So, you know, obviously it's just a child. But I asked my son, you know, what do you, if he's only six. And I was like, you can give something up if you want to. You can take something on. You don't have to. But, you know, would you like to do something? And he said he wanted to give up all sweets. And I was like, are you sh-? like, I didn't ask him, are you sure? But I was like, oh, that's a big, that's a big thing for a six-year-old. Yeah, and I was like, okay. I was like, you can do big that. Big thing for a 36-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? And I was like, you know, okay, we can do that. So I asked him, I was like, okay, so you're giving this thing up. How is it going to get you closer to God? And he just looked at me like, I haven't the slightest idea. And I was like, that's the reason why we do this. We don't just give up something to give something up. We're giving it and doing it to bring us closer to God. So how can you do that? So we talked about how, you know, when he's having a hard time, you know, when his sister and brother get a sweet and he doesn't bring that to prayer, offering mm-hmm. it up to God, maybe for somebody else or just asking God for strength and whatnot and learning how to depend on God more. And so I think 
like you're talking about, like, you know, that I guess this whole conversation is about is making sure the focus, and that's one thing, pitfall that I've fallen into in the past, is focusing on the intention as opposed to the end goal, which is Christ. Mm -hmm. Because this is actually the first year that I'm excited about Lent. I'm like thoroughly excited about it. Previous years, I've just been really apathetic. Like, I mean, I guess I had a little bit, like, I was like, all right, I'm going to give something up. You know, that's good. And, you know, I paid attention to it and I tried and stuff and it kind of focused on how it could get me to Christ. But like, for the most part, I was kind of apathetic about it. This year, I don't know why it's, you know, finally hitting me, but I'm like super stoked about it. And I'm like, yes, God, like, you know, change me, like working me through this. Like, I want to be close to you. And so, yeah, I think there's... Have you guys done that? Like, have you guys had those times when, like, you kind of transitioned from, like, apathy or not liking Lent to, like, being really excited about it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think part of that goes with a little bit more understanding, too. Because, like, you know, as a cradle Catholic, you know, I was just told, you're supposed to give something up. I'm like, all right. All right. Which is great. Yeah, which is great. It's always good to mortify yourself. And and again. Eat lobster on Friday. (laughs) (laughs) Lobster. (laughs) You know, again, it's like. But God works with us where we're at, right. too. So, mm-hmm. like, he knew. I just, I didn't know the deeper meaning of giving up stuff. I just, all right, let's give it up. And But as I've grown, that's, oh, I get, I think the excitement comes from the fact that I now know that I'm building this relationship yeah. with Christ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily that I'm like, yes, let's <laughs> I give stuff up and, you know, <laughs> pray more. I, but I kind of am. But at the same time, but this, because those things are building that deeper relationship. And that's exciting because, I mean, I, I've gotten a little bit more comfortable saying it, but I want to be a saint someday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what. What else is there? Yeah. To quote another famous Catholic talker. Laura, <laughs> <laughs> um, you talked about um, the pride side of Annalisa too. Like something, it's not just the, you know, something that came to me is not just that focusing on the failing, but also there's those times where it's like, I am succeeding at all my Linton stuff and like feeling that pride in that. And when you, you know, I, cause I sometimes, you know, it's, it, it isn't when you have, it's kind of a good, you know, it's a good feeling, but then I think it's good. Like for me in the past, like I have to go back and reflect and say, okay, but where is my heart? Mm-hmm. Like, is my heart at, I'm succeeding at these, but um, if I'm thinking about like, I've done this, you know, if it's, if I'm thinking I am doing, I'm succeeding at it. Is it because, you know, it's not because of me. Right. Like, it, it, am I looking at this? Is my heart there? I'm doing, keeping these promises because God is helping me? Or do I need to reexamine this all and say, okay, well, God, what do you want from me? And said, I was recently, um, I, I don't journal a lot. Um, it's pretty much only when I am either at mass or adoration alone, which does not happen very often. Um, so <laughs> it had been like a good year since I had written anything in this little journal I was looking at, um, while I was in adoration not long ago. And I found, um, I was just kind of going through it. I was like, what else did I write in here? And I found from one year as I was preparing for Lent, um, some reflection that I had done in adoration of what does God want to work through me and using that to help with my, like what I needed to like give up for do for Lent. And, um, I think that's something that we need to be doing like constantly, Mm -hmm. not, I mean, not just in Lent, but definitely in Lent, um, all the way through Lent and every day, but saying, okay, where, what are my areas of struggle? 
What are my areas that I could give more? What are my areas that I need to, that God wants to work through me? And what, um, what would that corresponding mortification or, or whatnot be? Um, at that point in time, it was, I was on social media way too much. Um, so giving a Facebook was a huge thing for me in terms of like, giving, you know, having more time for my kids, having more to, you know, getting out of my head and all that. And it's, it is constantly something that I struggle with. Um, but I, you know, I go back after Lent or after different things just because of the, there's different aspects that I'm not saying Facebook is bad. It can be. And at times in my life, it hasn't. And, um, so that's what, you know, that was what I was reading through. And I was like recognizing, um, cause at that point, that was like the first time I really admitted that my husband telling me all the time that I need to stop being on Facebook was right. (laughs) And, and so I, you know, I think it's really good to bring that back to, you know, bring those things back to adoration. Like if I'm, if whatever it is that I've given up or have taken on, if I'm finding myself succeeding at that and doing really well, still going back, is this really what you want, God? Um, and then also the other thing I, when we were talking, um, Alicia, you were talking about, you know, talking with your, um, with your six year old and it just made me like, I was reflecting on my own conversations with my kids and see six year olds. What is it with them? Um, you could learn just so much yes. from just sharing these things with your kids that I did, you know, and trying to, and helping them through it. And so my six year old has a very generous heart, very, very generous heart. And so we, every year we do our we go through and we have our um, fast pray give and some things we do individually, some as a family and forgive. He's like, I'm going to take all everybody's dishes to the sink after dinner. And I was like, wow, that would be really generous of you. And I'm thinking in my head, Oh my goodness, my eight year old's going to take advantage of him. (laughs) (laughs) And so the next day we're talking about it again. And he was just like, I don't know if I could do it, mommy. (laughs) It's Uh like, well, you don't, you don't have to, if that, you know, he's like, I just want to think of something that's going to be helpful. And I just thought that was just so sweet how he said it. I was like, I just want to be helpful. And so what we, we, I helped him kind of come, come along to, he's taking his younger brother's dishes who can't take them yet uh, to the sink. But that's, you know, a way that he is still having a little sacrifice Mm -hmm. that he has to do a little more, but it's a more, doable thing for him um but just that um just all just every day like when I talk with my kids about these same things that we talk about you know as adults it's like they know intrinsically so much more than I know now (laughs) like Mm -hmm. like you have to be you know to be like a child it's like why can't we keep that well I want to say something about the first point that you made, Annie, about like pride kind of going the other way mm-hmm. and being like full of ourselves. And that's one thing that I have historically and currently um, <laughs> have, <Thank> um, <laughs> have a difficulty with. That's you're awesome. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you. But uh, it's difficult when you were actually awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. We're helpful with this. <laughs> that ego is not, not the crowd that's going to help you go through <laughs> I mean, go trick down the stairs. my husband. He, he likes to tease me, and so it pops those holes in my ego. Mm-hmm. It's it. But um, 
No, like that's one thing that I have a difficulty with is like when I do something that's good, I think to myself, like I did the thing. And then I remind myself, oh no, this is God. But then I forget momentarily, like how, like how did God do that? I made the action. I made the choice. But then I have to remember, and eventually it comes to me, like sometimes slowly, sometimes more quickly, that like, no, God taught me this thing over time. So like, yeah, like he didn't, you know, come down from heaven and move my hands and make me do this thing or teach me all of a sudden and inspire me to do this thing. It was like, you know, overtook me. But like, like, for instance, I like, I know that I am a very selfish person at heart. I am selfish. I am greedy. I am self-centered. Um, I am all these things. I know that I am. But over time, God has taught me to be, and this, this is going to sound now like, you know, prideful, but like, I don't mean it that way. He's taught me to be more giving and more generous and more, you know, trying to be other centered. Um, but that has no, I have no cause for boasting in that because I know that God is the one who has taught me those things. If God hadn't come into my life, I would never have learned that. And I would still be going down the road where I was thinking always, always about myself and very, very little about other people, almost never. And so I think that's, yeah. I think it's important too, though, to make a distinction between the difference between true humility versus kind of a care, sort of a caricatured humility. It's not proud to testify to the work that God has done in you. It's not proud to say, I have grown in virtue. It is, in fact, you're required to do that, to be able to know where you need to go next. It's not proud to say, wow, I have really come a long way. Mm-hmm. When you keep in your mind that it's the Holy Spirit who's empowering that and doing all of that. So it's not proud to tell the truth about yourself. And St. Therese says that the truth is that I, I'm pretty cool. I mean, I'm, I'm in love with him and he's done this and it's beautiful and it's, and I'm a lovely flower in his garden. And she, but it wasn't proud for her to say that it was what he had done. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I don't think it's a form of pride to say, and I've I do, grown. I struggle with that. And I, I did hear somebody, I can't remember who it was, but they were talking about this and they said that if you, if you know that this is a truth about yourself, but you mask it and say something otherwise, like you're not being humble, you are you are telling a lie. Self-effacing, yeah. It's, yeah. it's not telling the truth about the, the work of God. If the blind man had covered up the fact that God had healed him, instead of running down the street telling everyone he knew, I was blind and now I see. He wasn't he wasn't boasting. Yeah. It was obvious that God had done work in him and he wanted everyone to know. Yeah. So that, that he could do the work in them too. And I think that we will be much more of a blessing to the people around us um, if we remember that we will always be better off thinking of what God can do for us versus what we can do for him, because what we do for him comes from his initiation. What we decide we want to do for God, we need to be very careful about that. Cause I think a lot of times we'll rope ourselves into something that was never God's will for us and never God's intention for us when really what he wanted was that other part of our heart so that he could do a transformation that was obviously for the glory of himself, just like, again, the, the sick the sick man, the blind man. Mm-hmm. And the saints, too, are famous for things that they oh, did, yeah. but they wouldn't say that. Yeah, no, I just, I feel like we get really a little bit wrapped up in 
on what we can do for ourselves and for others when really what we need is for God to do it through us and change us and transform us. And we just have to put ourselves in a position. In summary, you know, detachment, prayer without detachment means you're not going to grow in the interior life. You have to have both. There has to be some level of mortification. You're letting go of your attachments to things in this world. That should be going on all year long, right? all the time coupled with prayer but in the same vein detachment without a true encounter with god isn't detachment at all because god is the one that has to do that in us Mm -hmm. for it to be a lasting thing and ideally wouldn't that be nice for these lenten transformations to actually be catalysts for the whole rest of the year like this is what happened what god did in lent and it led to this and this and this in ordinary time in pentecost and Mm -hmm. i think we just we get it wrong sometimes um, maybe not wrong. Wrong is the wrong word. I think that we just forget. This is why Lent starts with ashes on the forehead. Mm-hmm. You are dust. You are nothing. <laughs> nothing you will return. You know. Remember that little one. <laughs> you know? Don't get so high up on your totem pole that you forget that he loves you and that he wants to be with you. And, you know. And I think also as we're reevaluating or or doing that check, the evaluation of how our pences are going during Lent right now, we also need to remember that nothing that we do or don't do is going to, God's always going to love us. And we're never going to lose his love. We're never going to lose his love. And so the whole point, you know, just remembering that if you fail or if, you know, reevaluate, is this what's getting me closer to God? And if not, not, we've been talking about our kids and I even asked one of my kids, I think it was today, I said, they, they had given up something or decided they wanted to do something and they weren't doing it uh, or they were, oh, they were making sure somebody, somebody else in our family was following their penance. Uh-huh. I said, is that going to help you get closer right. to God? Exactly. And they said, no, <laughs> I was like, then maybe we shouldn't be doing. It. So, but if you, so just like I, I think that that's actually kind of a wonderful like twist that this episode has taken is that about talking about how receptive children are and how God says, "Let the little children come unto me," and and we're supposed to enter the kingdom of God like a child. And I just think that that's just a kind of a beautiful like little mm-hmm. thing that has kind of entered into this conversation mm-hmm. that. Just having that that openness that children have to accepting his love and the openness to be like, oh, yeah, no, I was supposed to be doing that. And then just uh, fixing it like right then and right there. Is it um, is it weird that on the contrary, like, you know, you mentioned like nothing you do is going to like lose God, you know, or don't uh-huh. do is going to lose God's love. It's almost reassuring. Um, well, it is reassuring to me to think that nothing I do that I do is good enough or not, not good, but you know, right. is enough because mm-hmm. it's not about like nothing we can do, you know, short of being martyrs is, is and even that like is equal to what God did for us. Right. And it doesn't matter whether it's, you know, you know, giving up chocolate or, you know, adding daily mass every day or, you know, wearing a sackcloth and, you know, or whatever and beating yourself with, a, you know, any of the types of those mortifications. <laughs> None of that compares to what Christ did for us. And we're not 
called to do as much as what Christ did for us. I mean, we, you know, we're called to do for each other, you know, and love each other as Christ loved the church. But it's not us. You're saying, yeah. Yeah, I was like, I'm like, I think I'm kind of saying we're not our saviors. Yeah, right. We aren't the captains of our salvation. Right. And God doesn't call us to do that. Right. We're to to enter into his suffering and to, to, um, you know, try and, you know, we... He died for us, and we are, I don't know what I'm saying on that. We're going to enter into his suffering, but not, nothing that we do is going to change that. He's always going to have that suffering because he loved us. Mm -hmm. And what we do is because he loves us, and we are called to share in that love. Mm -hmm. And kind of related to that and what you were saying, Stacey, about how we're called to be like little children, like, and how that so often it happens over time. So I think about going from, like, my, you know, gosh, nine years of apathy. <laughs> <laughs> or near apathy about Lent to, like, I'm finally excited about it. Like, the thing that strikes me about it is that, like, God's heart is so incredibly merciful. That, like, throughout that entire time, he met me where I was at. Mm-hmm. And he knew my heart was closed off, but he never left my side. And it was just tiny little things that he just, he's so humble that he allowed me to do this, even though, you know, I'm, in so many ways I broke his heart. But, you know, every time there was an opportunity for, you know, just a little little way and a little bit of a carving, just chipping off those hard pieces of my heart, he took that opportunity. And I might have not have seen it at the time, there are many times I didn't see it, but he slowly, slowly worked and he took his time with me and how he takes his time with everybody. And... Yeah, he just he he still loves you regardless of whether or not you're taking one seriously or maybe too seriously or pridefully or scrupulously or whatever or you're really digging deep and getting into it and getting closer to Christ and that's your focus. So, well, I think that maybe like kind of our, our the difficulty that people have with wrapping their heads around all of this is because. We know that we've offended God, but at the same time, nothing we can do can offend God because he's already taken on our sins. He's already paid the price for them. So nothing we can do can make it any worse. Is that because he's already done? Like, so it's the whole, like, kind of like, it's, we could go on a whole other podcast about this because, you know, you get into like how, how Jesus <laughs> saved Mary before she was conceived and how she was immaculately conceived. And I mean, but that's the same yeah. idea is that his... His crucifixion, because God doesn't work in our time and space. And so our sins have hurt God. I mean, we see it physically on the cross. He died for us. He's, But his love is more powerful than that. Mm-hmm. And so I think as long as we keep that as our focus, our job is to build our relationship with him. And if we're having difficulties building that relationship, we should reevaluate on how we can do that better instead of focusing so much on what we can do, but whose we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you're still struggling sitting here four weeks into Lent, three weeks into Lent, and you don't have a Lenten penance where you've really blown yours and you're just given up at this point, like I have so many years before, um, start right there. Start at, at looking, don't give up and don't be discouraged and don't feel like this is all a waste, like you've wasted Lent. Um, 
go to the Father and go to Jesus and, and look at your life and try to encounter him in your place of need. Where are you hurting? Where are you angry? Where are there places in your life that are causing you pain or causing tension in your family? Um, do you feel close to God? And if not, go to him in adoration and simply say that and ask him for the encounter that will lead to the transformation that you're longing for. I think that's where you start. I, I think that's where it's ended up for me so many times is just realizing that I'm not any, I'm really not very good at keeping promises in general or <laughs> commitments. And Lent is no different in a lot of ways. But I think sometimes for many years, it was because I just wasn't really figuring out what the point of this was. And then once I got that, it was a lot easier. Mm-hmm. So don't give up. Don't give up. It's still Lent. Mm-hmm. And I think a, a beautiful reflection, something that I just learned this yesterday. Well, I just I learned this year on Ash Wednesday was the meaning of the ashes on your forehead. I always thought it was dust to dust. You know, you are dust to dust. You shall return. But I heard that and I was like, oh, okay, you know, and it was, I had a kind of a, just a very shallow understanding of what that was. But what Father was talking about is that the, when we are baptized and when we are confirmed, we are given oil on our foreheads Mm -hmm. in the side of a cross on each time. And so when we have those black ashes put on our foreheads, it's a symbol of us mooring or darkening um, kind of our, our, our relationship with Christ um, through our sin. But the sign of the cross means that we are, that, that Christ died for that sin mm-hmm. and that we can be redeemed through that. We are redeemed through that and that we can keep seeking his mercy. So there's hope within the sin. Mm-hmm. Well, we hope that this has helped you reflect on your Lent and penances, this Lent. And as we approach Easter, just remember the goal is Christ. And as always, thank you for joining us. Thanks. Thank you. Join us again in two weeks. Until then, may God bless you and may Mary accompany you. Have a parent sent lunch, you miserable sinner.